Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody, it's Dan, and welcome to our Wednesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. And today, Scott Patsko and I are going to get you caught up on a couple 21 question posts we did on cleveland.com slash Browns. First, Scott talks about Joe Wood's defense and how it could look different. And then I talk about Kevin Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt's offense and how that could look different. This is part of our 21 question series. You should check it out. Go to cleveland.com slash Browns, which is also where you know you can go to become a Football Insider subscriber. Get access to exclusive stories on cleveland.com slash Browns. Get a daily newsletter delivered directly to your inbox and become part of our text subscription. That's cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page. And now, our Wednesday podcast. What is Joe Wood's defense going to look like? Because I sure feel like we didn't get an idea of it last year. Yeah, as I, as I wrote in the story, it's a question that we asked last season, too, because his first year and really going into the year at that point, all we really knew was that he said he was going to stick with the 4-3 and that he was going to draw inspiration from, you know, his time in Denver and Minnesota and, and with the 49ers. You know, we knew he wanted his linebackers to cross train and everybody to do the same thing. But we were kind of flying blind in, in a lot of ways. And we knew we had Grant Delpit coming in and we figured that was going to be kind of this fun, versatile chess piece he could use. And then he lost all those people in training camp, you know? So, and when we interviewed him, uh, what was it last week, a couple of the questions kind of were built around the theme of, did we really get to see what you wanted to do last year? Because, you know, he lost people and then there were depth issues and just people didn't play as well as the Browns had hoped. And so, yeah, we're back to the same question. And I think the one thing I came away from this story maybe knowing is that there's a lot more options this year. And I kind of broke it down into three different reasons for that. And one is obviously more depth and, and not just depth, but, you know, talented depth, because like I said, you, you, you lost is Mac Wilson, Kevin Johnson uh, didn't start the season. Greedy Williams, obviously. And, and then like we said, Grant Delpit were out. And then you had to work in Ronnie Harrison and Malcolm Smith, guys like that. And, and then you get guys like Mac Wilson back in like week four and who knows if he ever got to where he was supposed to be. So depth is just a lot better. You really had to dig into the, the depth of slot corner last year. And that, as we know, really didn't work out very well. Like I, I went back and checked. Uh, you had Tavier Thomas getting snaps at slot. And you had Robert Jackson getting starts at one point in the season. Thomas had 20 queer career defensive snaps before last season. Jackson had one. You know, this is a guy that's in the game against the Steelers and like important games at the end of the year. 
that's the kind of situation they were in. And you have three really good outside corners right now. Whoever wins between Newsom and Williams, you're, you're in good shape there. You have three really good edge rushers. Uh, you definitely have a better rotation than you had in the last couple seasons. Uh, you've had Clowney and McKinley. You have three really good safeties. And I think we talked before, Mary Kay had brought up, you know, even if it's Harrison and Johnson who are the quote unquote starters there, uh, you still have Delbert who can do a lot of really good things for you. And we expect to see the three of them on the field, things like that. So you have these positions where they have depth. And even if they don't, you know, go four, two, five, or have a bunch of defensive backs on the field, you're going to have quality at those positions. And that's something they really didn't have last season. And aside from that, you're just going to see more defensive backs. And Joe Woods pretty much came out and said he wants to play more, more dime. Uh, the Browns saw 26 pass attempts in dime against dime defense last season, which ranked 22nd, which means they really weren't in it very much. Uh, so that should improve. And then there's just the versatility. You know, we've talked all season about all these players that they've added on the defense who can do multiple things, whether it's guys in the back who can play deep safety or in the box or in the slot or guys along the line who can play inside or outside or either side of, of the line. So just a lot more things and a lot more players to do those things with, I think, for Joe Woods. And he was clearly, I think, excited about the possibilities, even though he did kind of tamp down and say, you know, yeah, this is all on paper at this point. We still got to go out and do it. He still has much more to work with. Obviously, every time a defensive coordinator gets hired, one of the first questions they get asked, and this was the case with Joe Woods, is are you a 4-3 or a 3-4 defensive coordinator? And, I mean, look, that's really an antiquated question, right? Because teams aren't in those, those base defenses anymore. It, it helps you, I guess, understand, is this guy going to have – is this guy like four-man, three – how that defensive roster might get built. But I think the days of that being super relevant – are long gone. So if somebody were to ask you, what is the, what is the base? How, how do you view that? Is it a four, two, five? Is it dime as you've looked into it and kind of thought about what it might look like? What, what do you think the base actually is? I would say nickels, the base of the, the four, two, five, because and a lot of that's driven by the offense. Everybody's playing 11 personnel. Everybody has, well, it's everybody more than the Browns uh, has, three wide receivers on the field a lot in the NFL now. So that's really what's driving it. And last season, the Browns faced 460 pass attempts in nickel, which was fifth most. So aside from the fact that the NFL is shifting that way, I think a lot of people wanted the Browns to be in that look last year because they knew that you get a lot of Browns defensive backs in the field, then you're, you're going to find the matchup you want, you know, and we saw that when, uh, early on in the season with, uh, with the slot corners early on with getting people to the outside of the field to where, so the Browns had to play, you know, their, their linebackers had to move side to side, which, you know, they, they had trouble making up that ground. So teams wanted the Browns to be in nickel, more teams forced defenses to be in nickel. Anyways, I, you know, the Browns are going to want to be in looks like that this year because they have better personnel to, to deal with an offense that has three wide receivers or with an offense that likes to split out its, you know, its tight ends and send them out and pass passing around. So they have guys who can cover tight ends this year. So I think you'll see five from the backs on the field as the norm. You'll see six more than you have in recent years. Like when he was with the Broncos, Joe Woods mentioned how he doesn't think they'll play dime as much as he did with the Broncos. And when he was in Denver, they're seeing like, 
almost 200 pass attempts in both years when he was defensive coordinator in dimes. So they were in it a lot. So maybe it's like, you know, kind of halfway there. Maybe it's, it's more like in the hundred range, but you're going to see five defensive backs and you have to figure out is, is that going to be three safeties most of the time? Is that going to be, or is that going to be three cornerbacks? You know, we, we talk so much about the quarterbacks they're going to face, but just kind of looking through this schedule too, it's not just the quarterbacks, it's the types of offenses they're going to face. So obviously they have to play the Ravens twice and that's a bigger offense. The Patriots will be a bigger offense. The Vikings will be that, that Vikings, you know, that Kevin Stefanski offense. But once you kind of take those guys out of the equation, you've got the chiefs, the bears, the chargers, the Cardinals, the Steelers, the Bengals, the Raiders, the Packers, all of these teams it's, it's not just the quarterback. It's, you know, the Steelers played a ton of 11 last year. You know, we know the Cardinals, the Cardinals aren't going to come out and run a two or three tight end offense all of a sudden. I would imagine the Bears are going to be pretty open. Same with the Chargers who played a ton of 11 last year with Justin Herbert. This is, they're playing outside of, again, you know, I have no idea what the Lions are going to do, but outside of the Patriots, the Ravens, and the Vikings, they're going to play a lot of teams, including two against the Bengals and two against the Steelers, against teams that probably are going to have more open offenses and require more DBs. Yeah, and and if you just look at last season, how often the Bengals and the Steelers threw the ball. Right. You know, the Steelers have talked about how their offense is going to change, but I, I mean, Ben is going to be under center, running, uh, you know, handing the ball off and and taking long drops. He's going to be in a shotgun. They're going to be spread and. It's basically it comes down to uh, a race between uh, the Browns defense and the quarterback. It's it's all right. We're going to put a lot of defensive backs on the field and we're going to create a lot of traffic for you to look at. And can you decide where your open receiver is or find somebody before that pass rush gets to you? That's really what what's going on with with the Browns secondary and whether they play man or zone or whatever. It's just kind of clogging things up. And that has worked against a lot of good quarterbacks that the Josh Allen had that done to him last year uh, by the Chiefs and uh, the Chargers did it to the Ravens and the Browns have made moves on the defensive side of the ball to make sure they have guys who can do that. You know, they got two, they had Troy Hill and John Johnson, two guys who come from a a defense that played like 80% zone with the Rams. You have Denzel Ward who performs really well in zone. You got Greg Newsom who comes out of college. You know, people are praising his ability to play zone. So if, if, if Joe Woods wants to lean into that again, he's got a lot of guys who can do it. Whereas last season, he didn't necessarily have, that was like his best option. And it was kind of, it could have maybe been an emergency option, but he didn't really have a lot of guys who could go man either. So putting a lot of people back there who are really good and, and understand where he's supposed to be uh, zone wise, I think is, is going to be a different look when, when offenses are looking at this Browns defense. So how important do you think that front is, those four guys? You know, obviously San Francisco always comes up with Joe Woods because he was the DB coach, but he was also in Denver, the DB coach there, and then the defensive coordinator. We know their pass rush is kind of the backbone of what they do. So how important is that front four? And, you know, not so much in the, you know, pass rush versus coverage thing, but just in the idea of let's get pressure with four guys and not have to blitz. Yeah, that's kind of the – it kind of became the obvious plan last season because they don't blitz. They're near the bottom of the league in blitz percentage. At least they were last year. And, you know, other teams have kind of had some success with that. I think the Colts had some success with that. 
if you're only going with four guys, well, then you got to make sure you have guys who can cover for X amount of seconds on the backside, right? And then you're given Miles Garrett doesn't need a ton of time. And <laughs> now you've added Clowney and you're hoping McKinley becomes something more than what he was in, in Atlanta. I don't think it's a case of like the Browns had to bulk up their pass rush. I, I don't think that was the focus this season. And I think Andrew Barry was even asked that early on when everybody was focused on, all right, what are they going to do about pass rush opposite Miles Garrett? And I think he said something to the effect of don't get zeroed in on that. And that, that and he was right. Cause they really went out and bulked up the secondary. I think that's, at the end of the day is probably what's going to be the biggest addition to the pass rush is the fact that they're going to make the quarterback hold the ball longer. And then the quarterbacks hold the ball longer, bad things happen to the, to the quarterback. And that's kind of, that seems to be the plan here. Let's spend a little time on the other side of the ball. So my post that went up on Wednesday is about how the Browns offense is going to look different. And so I kind of looked at two things and I'm actually still in the process of writing this. So there might be more, but there were two things that, that kind of stood out to me. And so what I did was I went back and I looked at data. Uh, Warren Sharp's website, Sharp Football Stats has great situational data, personnel groupings, all of that stuff. So I went back and looked at what the Browns did from the Tennessee game through the playoffs. And I took out the Jets game. I, I, I don't even want to think about the Jets game, but they didn't have any of their receivers and that was just a weird game. So I took that out of the mix. And then I also just did the first three quarters of games, just so people kind of understand how I filtered this, because that's usually the best way to know kind of what the game plan was. You know, in the fourth quarter, things can get weird. So just in the first three quarters of games. Now, Mary Kay has talked about this, and I, and I think we've sort of agreed with her, but the, I feel like the Browns are going to use more 11 personnel this year now they're not going to be the rams and they're not going to be the bills but here's what i found that stood out to me before those games or i'm sorry for the season the browns were at about 44 percent in 11 personnel usage uh 46 when i filtered it to those first three quarters so you're talking the browns minnesota san francisco tennessee and baltimore as teams that were pretty low in the league but then you go to that tennessee game and it actually jumped up to about 54%. And then in the playoffs, and again, this is just the first three quarters of games, they were at 68% of 11 personnel usage. So that tells me that as Baker got more comfortable and as they sort of rethought this offense at the bye week and the weather got better, they kind of tended to use a little more 11. I'm not saying they're going to come out and do it 70% of the time. They're not going to be the Rams or the Bills, but I feel like we're going to see just based on the weapons they have and the fact that they probably want to throw the ball a little bit more, which is my next thing. I think we're going to see some more three receiver sets than we did last year. I think that's possible. And I think it might have, I think it's going to be situational. Right. And I think a lot of it, uh, the way it happened last season, a lot of it had to do with, the offense becoming more comfortable with itself and Baker getting more comfortable, like in the playoffs, it made sense, like especially against the Steelers to have more options for Baker to throw. And he ended up getting rid of the ball. I think it was his fastest time to throw of the season. Uh, it was either week 17 or, or, or the wild card game or both, but he, you know, he was, he led the league with like three, 3.05 seconds to throw. And it's basically because of all the, you know, the rollouts and, play action and stuff like that. But against the Steelers, it was boom. It was out quick. They were kind of countering the pass rush of the Steelers and it worked. 
by the end of the season, they were able to do that. Maybe they couldn't do that at the beginning of the year. Uh, I got the sense that maybe going back and looking at it after the fact, maybe that's something they tried to do against the Ravens. I remember seeing a lot of empty backfields and very little play action in that very first game of the year. And we were all like, what is this? This is not Kevin Stefanski's offense. And we just kind of threw that game away, almost like in the trash with the Jets game. It's like, whatever that was, it wasn't what this team is, but I don't think they were really ready to run that kind of scheme yet. So I think you're right. We could see more, more 11. I, I'd still be surprised if it becomes the norm or, or I guess becomes so normal that they're at the like league average was the league average, like 60% or something. Yeah. So um, probably yeah. somewhere in that range. So I'd be surprised, but I think it'll be situational and at least they're going into the the this season knowing that, all right, if we have to do this because the defense we're playing performs, you know, proposes this kind of problem that, that they can. I, I would probably put them somewhere on the upside of 50%. You know, last year, like I said, they were in the forties, the like the mid forties, most of the year. I think that would tick up a little bit over 50 because I mean, the reality is you've got to get some of these guys on the field. You've got to get Higgins out there. You've got to figure out a way to get Donovan people's Jones on the field at times. And, and you've got to find ways to get Anthony Schwartz out there, whatever he's going to be for you. You've you got to find a way to get him on the field. And again, Kevin Stefanski was so good at hunting those linebacker matchups and hunting kind of those weird matchups with motion and, and putting like putting Odell Beckham on the inside of three receivers on one side of the field. And I, th- I think you can cause those sorts of problems out of that, that personnel grouping a little bit. It's funny, even with everybody coming back on offense, they still have these new wrinkles. And I guess, you know, we count Odell as, as a returner, but really he's, he's new in a lot of ways. You're, we're not really sure what it's going to look like with a fully functioning offense when you throw Odell in there, because over the first half of that season, they were just kind of trying to figure things out. You're right. I think it could be on a necessity of, we do need to work things in, especially at the beginning of the season. We need to show teams that here's what Anthony Schwartz can do. And here's what we do when he's on the field. And we're not going to use him like that all the time. You know, we don't want you to think there, well, this is jet sweep all the way when Anthony Schwartz is out there or even whether it's Demetric Felton or, or whoever, I think we could see maybe a little more experimenting in the beginning of, of this season than, than maybe last year, just because there may be more, more confidence of what they can do. And at the end of the day, I think it's still, this is still going to, I don't think you're going to come away from this coming season thinking that Kevin Stefanski's offense took a left turn somewhere. And, you know, this is no longer tied to, to the Gary Kubiak, you know, Shanahan, model yeah I, I think we'll still see plenty of that heavy stuff and they i mean they still have those four tight ends on the roster and you know they've still got those two dynamic backs they still have a full back where you know they're not going to let those guys go to waste for sure so i think we'll see a lot of that now the other piece of this that, that i've been looking into and again this is one of those trends that emerged over the kind of the last month or so of the season is you know unfortunately for the people who love to talk about establishing the run I think we're going to see less of that this year. I think we're going to see this team be more aggressive throwing on first down. Uh, so I have them here over the regular season last year. They actually only threw on first down. And again, this is from the first three quarters of games, 43% of the time. San Francisco, New England, Baltimore, and Tennessee were the only teams that did it less. It didn't jump up that much in December. It only went up to about 46%, but they did do it more. And they were around 45% in the playoffs. But I would expect we're going to see more earlier passing and more first down passing from this team. Again, I don't think it's going to be Buffalo, 
because they have two great backs. But if you're kind of one of those people that likes to pound the table and say establish the run, you might be a little disappointed in this offense. Yeah, one of the one of the 21 questions uh, posts that I did was about Chubb and Hunt being on the field together. And I think right. people who want to see them on the field together might be disappointed if it does come to come to that with with the team maybe throwing more early because they really they didn't use two running backs on the field a lot last season. It was like seven percent. Uh, for 21 personnel, about 10% for 22. It wasn't, they didn't use them in the passing game. Like when they had two running backs, whether it was Chubb and Hunt or Chubb and Darius Johnson or, you know, Hilliard was out there for a little bit. They were, I think they were ranked like 26th in targets to running backs, 27th in catches, 28th in routes, just routes run by running backs, 28. So, and most of that was Kareem Hunt. So if you do want to see the Browns have two running backs out there, and if this is, going to be an offense that evolves. And like you said, if, if part of that is passing more on early downs, maybe that's how they do it. They get these running backs more involved and you do see Kareem Hunter splitting out wide or Nick Chubb splitting out wide more, uh, or maybe see more screens. They were like ranked 19th in the number of screens for running backs last season, which was a lot less than I anticipated. So that is a way to do it if, if it does come to, to throwing more. But I, I do think you're right. I think they can't obviously come out and do the same kind of things that they did last year as far as tendencies go and throwing throwing earlier also helps keep the running backs fresh and we know that come the fourth quarter like Nick, Nick Chubb averaged like 10 yards uh, a carry <laughs> in the fourth quarter of games which is just crazy so that kind of stuff that kind of stuff can help keep that alive so that that was the last thing I wanted to bring up because I know you've sort of been on this is the screen game that, that you mentioned and I know there was a bad, there's kind of a bad taste left in everyone's mouth from what happened in Kansas City. And, you know, Nick put a couple on the ground. But I mean, a week earlier against Pittsburgh, they hit the Steelers with that screen pass to Chubb. And he, I mean, he left Minka, he made, made Minka Fitzpatrick look foolish in the secondary. Uh, you know, he, I, he can catch the football. He's not Alvin Kamara. He's not Christian McCaffrey, but he can make some plays in the passing game. And I think the screen game, like you've said a couple times on, on this pod, probably more than a couple times on this pod, the screen game might be one of those next evolutions because Kevin Stefanski ran it a lot in Minnesota, right? Yeah, Dalvin Cook was very successful with the screen game, so I assumed that that would be something that they ramped up here, but they actually ran it less than with Freddie Kitchens, but it did increase as the season went on. It's, it's, they seemed to understand that this is something they could add and especially down the stretch and in the playoffs, uh, they kept going to it. And against the Chiefs, they probably tried to go to it a little too much. Uh, I think they uh, tried a couple on that final fateful drive. They had the one that was knocked down. One, I guess, was more like a swing pass to Kareem Hunt, too. But those kinds of plays, uh, yeah, I mean, you want to get Chubb and Kareem Hunt out into space or with blockers in front of them. And, you know, good luck bringing them down because they're two of the best in the league at uh, breaking tackles and just avoiding tackles in general. So I, that's something that I, I've come back to every time we talk about how can this offense be different, establishing uh, more of a consistency in the screen game, letting teams know that that's a weapon that, you know, that you're going to use consistently because they had success. They, I don't have the numbers in front of me. They were, they, what did I say? They were 19th in, in, in total screens for so. running backs but they were top 10 and actually yardage gained on those screens. So they were productive when they did them. They just didn't do them as much. 
they, they had some idea of what they wanted to do against Kansas City last year. I think it was pretty clear seeing the game you know, live and then also in rewatching it, they had an idea of how they wanted to attack that defense, and it did involve the screen game. They just they didn't execute. You know, I mean, Nick dropped a couple. Rashard Higgins fumbled at the goal line, got hit in the helmet, and put, fumbled out of the end zone. They knew what they wanted to do, though. And so even though that was a frustrating game and a disappointing game, I, I think it indicated to you that this coaching staff has an idea of how they want to attack certain teams, and they're going to do it. But the execution really wasn't there in that game. Yeah, and the thing that will help make these screens more productive and even shorter passes to your tight ends or crossing routes or whatever is having Odell back on the outside, being able to stretch the defense and be that threat that they lost, you know, after what two plays, three plays into week seven or whatever. Yeah, it was week seven last season. You know, they lost that. And as good as Peoples Jones was in spots, he, you know, he just didn't bring that, that kind of threat that, that Beckham had. So it, just having him back on the field helps so much outside of just him catching the ball, you know, just the things they can do and the, and the attention that the attention that he brings on himself from the defense is just the Browns use that in so many other ways. Okay. Our 21 question series continuing on cleveland.com. Scott wrote about the defense. Uh, I wrote about the offense. So you can check all that out at cleveland.com slash Browns, which is also where you can sign up to be a football insider blue banner at the top of the page to get info and get signed up. All right, Scott, I'll talk to you later.